How's it going, everybody? Welcome into episode two of the Wanna Talk Sports Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Rylan Kelly. Kyle, how you doing today? Dude, I am doing fantastic. My sister just uh, left Seattle. She came here for a little bit on the weekend, so I showed her all the cool places. That sounds like a good time. Yeah, we went past uh, Climate Pledge Arena, the future home of the Seattle Kraken. Um, I'm very excited. <laughs> oh, I am so excited for that. We've never had a team, but man, I'm going to become... The biggest hockey fan yeah. once once we get a team here. It's going to be great to see them. Yeah, I never latched on to the Sharks from the Bay Area, so uh, that's going to be my one Seattle team. Well, I think it's time to get into it. And I think it hurts me to say this. As a Seattle sports fan, it hurts me to say this. Today, our first piece of news, Russell Wilson trade rumors. Mm. Oh, man. What do you think about this? Like, you think you think there's some validity there? You think it's just just rumors? I hope. What are you thinking? I mean, I don't think they're gonna trade him. Um, I just you'd have to if you're the Seahawks. This is not like a De- Deshaun Watson situation where I think it's unrepairable. I think this mm-hmm. is repairable. I think that him and Pete Carroll have a history where they can repair this relationship. I know there's some frustration there, especially with. Um, some of the moves they made or didn't make to improve the offense last year that Russell Wilson wanted to make. Um, but with that being said, you know, eventually you get to a point as a quarterback of Russell Wilson's stature where you've given so much to the team and they still won't find guys who can protect you. And you're still one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL, despite your mobility. You're still one of the most pressured quarterbacks in the NFL, despite your mobility. Um, eventually you just got to get up in the front office's face and say, Hey, what's going on, man. You got to get me some protection. You got him put me in a position where I can be successful. With that being said, I don't really see a place where Russell Wilson could go right now that would be that much better situation than the Seahawks. I mean, he's basically a fixture in the community. Seattle loves him. Um, he's been in the system for a long time. Um, he's got DK Metcalf, who, as we all know, is one of the great young receivers um, in the game. Um, and I mean, when I'm looking at some of the places that need quarterbacks, I mean, he's not going to go to the Niners because the Seahawks would have to be absolutely just insane to trade him in division. There's literally zero chance. The Cowboys, like that's literally just a more toxic situation than what he's in now. The Saints, I mean, you're kind of taking over Drew Brees. Is that something you really want to do? Kind of be in the shadow of Drew Brees there. The Raiders, the Raiders haven't been really successful for almost two decades now. And then the Bears, I mean, come on. Um, so, yeah, I think it's in both the Seahawks and the and Russell Wilson's best interest to stay. And I think what Russell Wilson's doing here is just kind of giving the Seahawks a wake-up call saying, look, I am one of the best players in the game. I can go pretty much wherever I want. You guys got to find me protection. You guys got to have to listen to me more and put me and take my opinion more into account when you make decisions about the offense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm a Seahawks fan. Russell Wilson... We love you. Please <laughs> don't leave. Like, I don't think you're going to. I say there's like three to five percent chance that something would actually happen. But please, like, we need you here. You are you are the heart of this team. But realistically, the Seahawks won't trade him for a few reasons. First of all, if they traded him, they take on $39 million of dead cap in the next two years. Yeah, They can split that between the two years, either taking on $13 million this next year and 26 the following, but that's brutal. That's so much dead cap. And secondly, Pete Carroll just signed to a new contract uh, last year, and Pete is not 
he doesn't want to take over a rebuilding team. No. If he gets traded for something like the Dolphins, like there's been some speculation that he could get traded for like a Tua package. But realistically, Pete doesn't want to take over a rebuilding team. This yeah. isn't a team to rebuild with either. The defense isn't necessarily the greatest. Offensive line is not super hot. Russell Wilson is big to this team, and I really don't see any world where this actually takes place. Yeah, and but I could see Russell Wilson's frustration here. I mean, you're I, three years in the league. You make it to the Super Bowl twice. Um, you're a perennial contender. And ever but, since then, the Seahawks have kind of plateaued. I mean, they're always in contention, but they're never really a Super Bowl contender. Like, I don't think they've been, like, a legitimate Super Bowl contender since when they lost to... The Patriots in 2015, maybe the year after. Yeah, they- since about 2015, it's been yeah. kind of we make it to the playoffs, beat the Eagles in the first round, and then lose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've definitely kind of plateaued a little bit, and I mean he's been sacked the most times since he's come into the league. There's, yeah. it's completely understandable to have the frustration. I, I think it totally makes sense, and he just wants to kind of let the front office know. Exactly. Uh, you don't like to hear about him storming out, but... Yeah, and I think it's a situation that can be remedied. I mean, he's got a history here. I think him and Pete Carroll, for the most part, get along. I mean, no head coach and great quarterback are going to get along 100%. I mean, even Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, they won six rings together, and eventually they got sick of each other. Right. Uh, but it's a but it's a situation that can be remedied. If you're Russell Wilson, really what you're looking at here is if he's... In his mind, he's definitely considers himself a top-five quarterback in the league. And I think that... I would probably put him in the top five to seven range as well. And so, I mean, if you're coming from his point of view, he's only got one ring. He wants to get more. He doesn't feel like the organization has really done all that much to protect him. Now he's got a weapon in DK Metcalf that I think is going to... Hey, don't forget about Tyler Lockett, too. Tyler yeah, Lockett's Tyler. the yeah. most underrated receiver in the league. Exactly. He's got weapons, and I think that defense took a big step this year. Um, they made some really good trades and made some really good moves. Um, but yeah, if you're Russell Wilson, you're just probably sick and tired of running for your life for 16 games a year and then the playoffs. So if you can just get him, honestly, if you're the Seahawks, if you can just get him some protection. That defense really is not that bad. They were really good at the end of the year. They got You got DK, right. you got Tyler Lockett. If you can get him some protection, I mean, looking at the NFC, I mean, yeah, the Buccaneers will probably be good again next year, but Tom Brady's got to retire eventually. I mean, at least we all know. And then the Saints, I mean, the Saints are losing Drew Brees. We don't know how much longer the Packers are going to be good. Aaron Rodgers is aging, and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers are both substantially older than Russell Wilson in football terms. Um, The Rams have Matthew Stafford, and while Matthew Stafford's good, he's not exactly like a transcendent quarterback. And so for the Seahawks, I don't know why you wouldn't just – Take this situ- take this opportunity to show Russell Wilson, look, we're willing to do whatever it takes to keep you. If we have you on our team, realistically, for the next five years, I mean, who else in the NFC is in a better situation than the Seahawks? Right, for sure, yeah. With, with just a couple pieces, they're an instant Super Bowl contender. And I think the pickup of Carlos Dunlap last year was huge for the defense. That's really where we saw that shift. They started getting some pressure. They had eight sacks against the Bills. But yeah, I think the difficult part here is they only have 4.5 mil of cap space right now coming into this next year. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can definitely free up some cap space. And if they're able to do it, uh, Corey Lindsley, the center for the Packers, all pro center is amazing. If they could get someone like him on their team, a center really is just huge for any offensive line, especially in a a run-heavy offense. Mm-hmm. And the zone run offense, having a good all pro center really shores up that and also just yeah. 
makes him feel a lot safer behind center. Um, and I think that could be a huge pickup for them if, if they could pursue there yeah. and find the cap space to do something like that. Yeah. But the NFC is wide open, man. And so, especially with Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, this is career starting to come to a close here. So if you're the Seahawks, this is a, honestly, this might be a blessing in disguise for the Seahawks really to show Russell Wilson, look, we hear you. We're going to dedicate ourselves to you for the next five years. We really think we have a shot here. There's an opening in the NFC. Tom Brady's, he might be the GOAT, but he's not God. Eventually, he's going to retire. And um, we have a real shot here to get you another ring and really put you in that top 15 quarterback all-time conversation that I know mm-hmm. Russell Wilson really wants to be in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I mean, in the off chance that he somehow gets traded, I'm going to cry myself to sleep many nights in a row, and you're going to have a freaking celebration. It's just going to be a bad time, man. But it's still never fun to hear these rumors as a Seahawks fan. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Ryland, let's move on to another quarterback, Deshaun Watson. We talked about him. We talked about him last week. And unlike Russell Wilson, I don't think the situation is uh, fixable. He literally. Yeah, the situation's in, just gotten worse. Yeah. He went into Coach Coley's uh, office, apparently, and told him that he is not going to play a game for the Texans, that he's willing to hold out. He wants to be traded. Um, and I think the issue here for the Texans is just that there's just not. After the Colts traded for Carson Wentz I mean I really don't see any like surefire like fit situations here where the Texans can really get the haul that they need um in order to make this a worthwhile trade because like we talked about last week if the Texans are going to trade Deshaun Watson they got to get the farm for this guy they got to get a young stud quarterback with at least three first round draft picks Mm because that's Deshaun Watson's worth so I don't know I don't see a really surefire fit situation what do you think Ryland yeah, well, I think there's I think there's three three great options that I see or three best options. Mm-hmm. I think number one we have the Dolphins. Yes, the Dolphins exactly. have been talked about the most. They have they have the number four overall pick right now. They have Tua and they have another. They have the 18th pick and they also have the 36th overall pick. They got a lot of high end picks and they're a team that their defense proved to be very strong last year. They don't necessarily have the greatest uh, wide receiver weapons, but that's something they could target in the draft. Maybe there's some free agents they could go after. That's definitely one spot that I see them going. The two others that I see are the Panthers and the Broncos. Mm. Um, The Panthers, a report came out about a week and a half ago that the Panthers were willing to trade up to three first-round picks and Christian McCaffrey for Deshaun Watson which really is crazy to me because Christian McCaffrey is kind of the centerpiece of that whole team. That'd be such a tough trade. I agree. I don't don't think there will be any deal with Christian McCaffrey in it, but I do think they're very willing and have talked about really heavily pursuing Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. I think they have some other young pieces that they could trade. Maybe they trade like a DJ Moore, young wide receiver, and some picks to get Deshaun Watson. I could see something like that happening. Or also with the Broncos, they have Drew Locke, who could maybe be kind of a filler quarterback for the Texans. I don't think he's great. Yeah. But they could they could fill in some other pieces, and they've started clearing some cap space. Yeah. Uh, they cut Jarrell Casey, which was kind of an interesting move. And they did this like an hour after the report came out about Deshaun Watson. So some people were speculating that. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think what you talked about with the Dolphins earlier, the Dolphins would be the one that would make the most sense. Um, I guess I stand corrected earlier. That would be the perfect fit because the Dolphins have the draft picks and they have Tua to trade Mm -hmm. to the Texans. So that would be the trade if I were the Texans where if you can get three first-round picks plus Tua, 
you consider yourself to get out of that thing pretty fortunate because two is a two is supposed to be a young stud and you get three first round picks. And I think that makes sense for the Dolphins because if the Dolphins get Deshaun Watson, the Dolphins are instant Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, they're a contender. That that would be a that'd be a tough team. I do think they would need to to get a couple more weapons on the outside. Yeah. Uh I, I think Devontae Parker's a solid receiver. Mike Gasecki's mm-hmm. that man can make some crazy plays, but outside yeah. of those two. Not too many weapons, but yeah, it'd be a good fit. Yeah, and as an NFL fan, we'd all love that because we'd get to see two Josh Allen versus Deshaun Watson matchups a year, uh, which would be, and they'd be fighting for the division, which would be awesome. But besides that, I mean, the Panthers, the only reason, only way you're going to get Deshaun Watson is giving up Christian McCaffrey. And I feel like you're kind of at the same place you were before um, after that. I mean, you got Deshaun Watson and who else, you know? I actually, I actually don't think that's true, though. I think... I think they kind of said they were willing to give up Christian McCaffrey to show how far they were willing to go. Mm. But I don't think any trade would realistically happen. And I don't think the Texans necessarily want one of the highest paid running backs in the league. They already have David Johnson. Yeah. They took on that big contract. I don't think they really want to do that again. If they could get a young receiver or maybe like mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to get Jeremy Chin, but some some defensive player young defensive player i think that would make more sense to me i disagree with you i think if you're the texans you're trying to get the best player possible and christian mccaffrey is special he's a former mccaffrey is special yeah i think that's a lot of money to take on and running backs have a really short shelf life in the league so sure maybe maybe you do want to get him but yeah but yeah it kind of goes back to my original point anyway which is that a trade there wouldn't make sense it would make there would be no fit for either team um that's fair enough I think if you're going to trade what is needed to get Deshaun Watson, you have to know that once you make the trade, you are a Super Bowl contender because you're going to have to trade the farm to get him. Right. right? And you're going to have to pay him. And so, like, because you basically have to know you have the weapons there. You have a team there that can already contend because you're going to be kind of locked up with cap space at that point because Deshaun Watson is getting paid. Um, and, yeah, I mean, also Deshaun Watson is not going to want to go somewhere where he's going to have to wait two to three years to be a content to be in contention. Yeah, and then in Miami, you got one of the great young head coaches um, in the game right now, Brian Flores. Brian Flores is great. He turned around that organization a lot quicker than people were expecting. He took a he took a team that was supposed to go one and fifteen and took them to five and eleven, and then a year later almost got them into the playoffs. I and know, so, yeah. And so coming off of Bill O'Brien, that's going to be such a breath of fresh air for Deshaun Watson, actually having a coach who knows what the hell he's doing. 12 months ago at this time, the Houston Texans were not in that bad of a situation. They had one of the great young quarterbacks in the game, and they had one of the great young wide receivers in the game. They still had J.J. Watt. Like, they they were in a pretty good spot. Like, if they, they would have... Laramie Tunsil. They yeah. had just traded for Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. If yeah. they would have made some moves, like, if they would have just made a few tweaks here and there... I mean, it'd be tough to get past Mahomes, but they almost they were up twenty four to zero in a playoff game against Mahomes. Like, yeah, we people forget about that. Yeah. Like they were with a couple of moves here and there, they were realistically like maybe a Super Bowl contender, right? Mm-hmm. To now being the laughing stock of the league. I mean, hold up. Here here's the question though. Who's the worst head coach? Bill O'Brien or Adam Gase? Adam Gase. No, no question. <laughs> Bill O'Brien can run an organization into the ground like no other. But Adam Gase doesn't like he's had so much good talent that when they left became great, but he cannot coach a player for crap. Yeah, but I think that's all the NFL talk for today. Uh, we got some basketball now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the All Stars, we talked about the All Star starters um, last week on the podcast, and yeah. 
this week we saw the rest of the all-star teams being named uh what do you think about those lists you think you think anybody got snubbed you think everybody made it up should have uh there was one snub um he got on eventually but and i'm not a suns fan but devin booker should have been an immediate all-star <laughs> absolutely my gosh he's gotten freaking hand me down all-stars the past two years and it's so stupid yes Give him some respect the dude's averaging 25 three and four on a team that's fourth in the west um coming off of a bubble performance where he almost got the team into the playoffs when no one expected it um he's i would say I would say right now he's the third best three-point shooter in the league behind Steph and Dame. Um, he is, I mean, the dude's a monster. He's got Mamba mentality. He's clutch when it when it matters most. Um, he's finally on a team where his skills are finally getting showcased around the league. Um, and look, I love Chris Paul. Chris Paul's great. But Chris Paul, he's averaging 16 and 8. He's having a good year. He's not having a great year. He yeah. should have, It should have been Devin Booker over Chris Paul. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, they're both on the sun, so I was happy to see Chris Paul make it. But I, I also thought Booker should be uh, making it over him. Devin Booker's also taking less shots per game this year, and he's shooting a better percentage. A lot of that comes with Chris Paul now being on the team. He's yeah. taken some of those more crunch time shots where they kind of used to all go to book. Some other players that made it, Julius Randle made it for the first time. That was He deserves it. Yeah, he does deserve that. He's been playing great. The Knicks haven't been completely garbage this year. They've looked like yeah. they have a little bit of hope. RJ Barrett's been playing pretty solid. The Knicks, they're going to be good in the next couple of years. That quickly kid's special. Um, yeah. Obi Toppin's athletic. Uh, that guy's going to be good with the right coaching, and I think Tom Thibodeau's a very good coach. And then, um, I mean, R.J. Barrett, I think, is going to be a star in the league, too. Give him mm -hmm. some time. He reminds me a lot of Zach Levine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, who also was an all-star this year. Ben Simmons, he's averaging about 16, 8, and 8, which is a good stat line. He was borderline all-star, and I, I think he deserved to make it. But It was between him or Tobias Harris, because the Sixers needed two. They're the best team in the East, so they deserve two All-Stars, especially if the you're going to say the Nets get three, and the Nets are second in the East. So it was between him and Tobias. I mean, Tobias Harris has always slept on as far as All-Star games because his game's so quiet. But Tobias Harris is averaging 27 and, th and 3 right now. The dude's a monster. So it was either between him and Ben Simmons. I'm not mad about Ben Simmons making the game. I would have personally picked Tobias Harris over Ben Simmons because Tobias Harris is their go-to guy in clutch situations. Joel Embiid's their best player. I think Ben Simmons is probably their best facilitator. But Tobias Harris, if they need a bucket, they go to Tobias Harris. I agree. It was between those two. And yeah. I'm, I'm not mad about seeing Ben Simmons on the list, but I think there could be a good argument made for Tobias Harris instead of him for sure. Yeah, one guy who I do want to give some credit to, so I want to give some love to Mike Conley. Don't necessarily think I would put him on the team this year, but I just think that he deserves to be on an all-star team at some point. That Jazz team, like we thought, smacked the Lakers around. That that team's legit right now. A team that I really think we need to watch out for. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10, and they just beat the Jazz yesterday or the Heat. That he have been were dealing with injuries for pretty much for pretty much the first thirty games of the season, and now they're sixteen and seventeen. They're the fifth seed in the East because the East is garbage. And people forget they made the finals last year. I'm telling you, those guys are dogs on that team. They got it's some a great team defenders. that's always slept on. I think they always will be slept on. They got some great defenders on that team. Bam's legit. Jimmy Butler's legit in the clutch. Hero and Duncan Robinson are snipers. Um, and look, I'm telling you. The 76ers don't want to play the Heat in the playoffs, and neither do the Nets, because yeah. there's one team that can defend against those three guys. It's the Heat. 
Um, so I just want to shout out the Heat. They don't have any All-Stars either. Jimmy Butler, I mean, Jimmy Butler was hurt most of the year. And he was out for a couple weeks because of COVID protocols. But last night he put up 33 over the win over the Jazz. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that team's legit for sure. Yeah, and then Bam, just shout out to Bam, averaging 19.6 and 9.6. The dude's having a great year again, just missed out. Happy Sabonis made it too. Bonus is having a great year, although the Pacers... The Pacers are behind the Knicks right now in the standings. That's uh, that's wild. Which is very uh, crazy, yeah. One thing I will say, I love Jason Tatum, and I love uh, I love Jason Tatum, and I love Jalen Brown. But they do not. The, the Celtics do not deserve two All Stars. Celtics are sixteen and seventeen right now. They kind of get the kick because of the brand, because of the Celtics. But the Celtics are currently the sixth seed in the East, and they're sixteen and seventeen. I would have picked Jalen Brown over Jason Tatum this year, but Sabonis I think should have been an original All Star and then pick one of them as a replacement, maybe. And then don't sleep on Chris Middleton. He's on pace for another um, 40, 50, 90 year. So. I completely disagree with that, dude. The Celtics, absolutely both of those players should be all-stars this year. Yeah, they don't have the best record right now, but Jason Tatum's averaging 25-7-5. and five. And then you got Jalen Brown, who's having a career year, averaging 25 25- five and five i i hear you 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 can't tell me those players aren't both all-stars they're playing out of their minds right now yeah okay i hear you but demonis Sabonis is averaging 21.6 11.5 and 6 the dude's absolutely running rough shot through the league right now he would deserve to be an all-star over one of those guys sure but i don't think you'd replace either of those two maybe maybe the sixers do deserve to have two all-stars but i would i'd take both those players over ben simmons for all-star this year it's what's tough about that is that the sixers and the jazz they both run into this and some kind of the nets i mean i personally didn't think that kyrie irving should have been an all-star starter he's missed so many games the thing about the nets and the sixers and the jazz or even the clippers and the lakers is that they sit their players so much in the fourth quarter Mm-hmm. So a lot of times the stats don't tell the whole story. The the Sixers, like I said, I would have taken Tobias Harris over Ben Simmons. But it's kind of that same thing where when you're that good of a team and you're on top of the standings, you deserve two All-Stars. That's kind of my take on it. Like you deserve to get your two. You're one of the best teams in the league. You can't tell me that there's not at least two All-Stars on that team. I don't know. I agree. I love Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Don't get me wrong. Two All-Stars for a team that's 16 and 17, that's tough. That's tough. For yeah, me. yeah, I don't know, man. They're both all stars for sure. Like, <laughs> they're they're both having great years this year. It's tough because I feel like there are a few players that like Sabonis should have made it first too. Same with Devin Booker. And don't forget Fred Van Vliet either. Fred Van Vliet's out with Toronto, averaging twenty four and six. He's become the go to guy on that team. That team's the fourth seed in the East right now. By the way. The East is so bad. Like, there's only three teams above 500 in the East right now. The 76ers, mm-hmm. the Nets, and the Bucks. Right now, all eight teams in the in the West would could be the four seed at least in the East. Nuggets are the eighth seed in the West right now, and they would be the fourth seed in the East. The Warriors are 19 and 15. They're the seventh seed. They would be the fourth seed in the East. They'd almost be ahead of the Bucks, who are the three seed right now. Come on, East Eastern Conference, do better. That's fair, but I think it's time we got to move on. Uh, we got a little bit more basketball, but this time we got something that I have been looking forward to for a long time. We missed out on it last year with COVID coming into play, but March Madness starts in just a few weeks. Man, it feels good to say that again. Indeed. Missing out on March Madness last year was brutal. Who do you think you have winning it all? You got any hot take yet? Or are you going you're going with Gonzaga or something like that? Gonzaga's great, and so is Baylor. They're both undefeated right now. Yep. Um, I'm very disappointed they didn't get to play. I know they were going to play in December, um, and that game got canceled because of COVID. 
I, this year seems like it's kind of a toss-up. Duke in Kentucky, um, even North Carolina, your normal Blue Bloods, none of those teams are even in the top 25 right now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like the first time in like 60 years or something like yeah. that that none of them have been ranked. Look, what I'll say is this. You can't sleep on Michigan. Michigan's True. always going to be a contender. You can't sleep on Villanova. Jay Wright knows how to get his teams ready for the tournament. Um, but look, I think it's going to be fun this year. It's all going to be in Indiana, so there's not going to be a lot of travel concerns. Virginia's in the 15th right now, and Tony Bennett's going to have his team ready. It's going to be a fun March Madness this year. I honestly have no idea who's going to win. Gonzaga would seem to me to be, to be the prohibitive favorite. They are a pretty good team, but Gonzaga always chokes in the uh, tournament, man. Yeah, dude, Gonzaga, they, they haven't been amazing in the tournament. The last time the number one, like, they'll be the number one team going in. They're 23-0 yeah. right now. No one sees them losing before that. They'll go in as the number one, but the number one team hasn't won since 2012. Yeah. So it's not it's not super often that that happened. I'd yeah. say one team to look out for, Iowa. They started the season six, and now they start yeah. off really hot. Luca Garza was yeah. killing it in that first those first six games. He's Luke, huge. Yeah. He can pull from three. They've lost to every top five ranked team they played. They played Gonzaga. They played Ohio. They played Illinois. Yeah. And they lost, they lost to each of those teams, but... I don't think we should count him out. I think Luca Garza is a great player. I think he could be a player that we see having, having a Kemba Walker esque yes. uh, tournament run where it's just it's just something magical. That's that's the thing about the tournament. I think we get as NBA fans especially we get lost in the big prospect names. It's those seniors, man. It's those seniors who have experience with the college game that usually are able to lead. That that's why Villanova has been so successful. Yeah, that's why Villanova has been so great in the tournament. Yeah. And also the thing about those guys is that a lot of them end up becoming really solid NBA players. They don't usually become stars, but I mean, look at looking at Villanova to stay on the Villanova talk. Jalen Brunson's a really solid player for the Mavericks right now. Eric Paschal is solid for the Warriors right now. It's just guys who really know how to play because mm -hmm. a lot of those top prospects who get drafted in the NBA, they get drafted so raw because of their talent. These guys are finished products pretty much. Yeah, uh, for sure. Like Luca Garza, probably not going to be a top five pick. But the dude's like he's been playing college basketball for a long time. He knows what he's doing. I would I wouldn't be surprised. I agree with you. I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa goes on a run. For sure, it'll be fun to watch. But we gotta we got a few more weeks until that happens. So we got a little bit of time. We'll see what seeds players get, and we'll definitely keep you guys updated on that. But that's I, definitely something I wanted to touch on. To kind of switch back to some NBA news here. Our second half schedule was announced. There's some wild uh, notes here on the second half schedule. Um, the Spurs and the Grizzlies have to make up so many games. They're going to be playing 11 back-to-backs within 68 days because of all the games they missed because of COVID. Um, the Rockets and the Mavericks are scheduled to play 38 games apiece. Um, really, it's going to be a mess, this second-half schedule. Yeah. Uh, the good news is, is that COVID is getting better across the country, so hopefully there's less games stopped by COVID. But look, I don't see any way that every team plays 72 games. No, I think there's no chance. We saw so many games canceled in that first month or so, yeah. especially like the Grizzlies and the Spurs. And I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's it's weird having that teams play more games than others, but I think it's just kind of we're living in an unconventional time. That's kind of just what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's good to see it all laid out. It's good to see it all put into a plan so we kind of know what's happening going forward, but it's definitely pretty pretty weird. Yeah. Man, my Warriors go through a tough stretch here the next six games. They got to play 
the Lakers, I believe it's the Lakers, the Suns, then they got to play the Jazz, then they come back from the All-Star Blake, then they play the Clippers, the Jazz, and then the Lakers. So and what so, I'm hearing is 0-6 in no, those games. I'm predicting either 3-3 three and three and 4-2 and because we're playing really well right now. Nah, I don't know. You won't, you won't beat the Suns. I don't know, man. I think we get revenge well, game. You want to toss a little side bet on that one? Red, red hot, red hot. We'll see. We'll see, man. We'll, we'll, see. we'll talk about that one later. Yeah, um, but I do think we'll beat the Lakers without Anthony Davis. I think okay. we're red hot right now. Um, we'll, be, we'll win at least one of those games, I think. Sure. Okay. Um, and Steph's continuing his MVP year, so... Um, well, not really MVP year. He's like third in the MVP race, but sure. Sure, you can... You're a biased Warriors fan. Do what you do what you want, think what you want. It's fine. But yeah, it's really exciting to see the second half schedule out. And I think if there's any league where teams can play different number of games, as long as it's not too extreme, it's the NBA because so many teams make the playoffs, especially with the play-in tournament. So it'll all we'll figure out who the best team is eventually in the playoffs anyway. So, well, I guess we'll move on. Um, hey, man. Oh, it feels so good to say this. We got baseball tomorrow, man. We do. We got, Crazy. Yes, we got 28 uh, teams in action tomorrow playing um, in Florida and Arizona for spring training. Um, obviously, some big storylines that came out over the last few weeks. Fernando Tatis signing the 14-year, $340 million contract that will keep him in San Diego. Crazy contract. And that's kind of the movement you're seeing in Major League Baseball. Um, free agency has kind of dried up, up over the last few years, so you're seeing a lot of these really good, dynamic young stars just signing long-term with their teams, which I'm, I'm perfectly fine with. These young guys and uh, really get to play with one team for their entire career. For sure. Uh, awesome. I mean, Trout signed the huge contract to stay with the Angels a couple years ago, although they just keep on wasting his career. Yeah, there's going to be some fun things to watch for sure. I mean, Francisco Lindor, we're going to see him in the Mets uniform for the first time. Like we talked about last week, Trevor Bauer's now coming over to the Dodgers, and we're going to see him paired with Clayton Kershaw on the world champion Dodgers team. That's going to be that's going to be a crazy crazy pairing of pitchers right there. I mean, we also got Nolan Arenado going over to the Cardinals. That'll be fun to see him in that uniform for the first time. It's yep. just going to be good to see baseball back in action. Yes, indeed. And um I mean, the Mets are going to have a good team. They always have really good pitching, and I think with Lindor they'll have a good offense. Um the Padres are going to be really dynamic. Of course, out in the American League, the Yankees are going to be really good. Um, and then in the uh, in the central, the White Sox are going to be really good this year. The thing is, though, as much as it pains me to say this, there's no team I really see beating the Dodgers this year. That team's so stacked. I've I've never seen a baseball super team, but man, I think I have now. I compare them to the Warriors. Yep. When I look at the Dodgers, I see a lot of the same thing. I mean, you got Cody Bellinger who won MVP two years ago. Mookie mm -hmm. Betts, he's an MVP winner. I mean, you got Clayton Kershaw, obviously, who's the best yeah. pitcher of our generation. Trevor Bauer just won the Cy Young. David Price has won a Cy Young before in his career. Justin Turner has been an MVP candidate before in his career. Corey Seager is one of the great young shortstops in the league. It's just absolutely ridiculous. It's crazy. It's really, really crazy. First few games, we're going to have to see how Cody Bellinger's shoulder is doing. He, yeah. he hurt his shoulder a little bit, but... Uh, he should be good for the season. He should be good to go, but that's just something to watch. Yeah, I was just looking at the National League. There's only two teams I really think have a shot to beat the Dodgers. It's the Padres and the Braves. But the great thing about baseball is it's such a team sport that we could be completely wrong. The Mariners could win it all this year. Seattle, uh, it's the Mariners' year. Uh, 75 and 
87. Hey, you know what? That that would be a good year for us at this point. <laughs> for sure. I mean, I'm a Giants fan. We're probably going to go 81 and 81. And that'd be a good year because we have to play the Padres and the... Well, yeah. Anyway, it is only spring training, so we don't want to spend too much time on baseball. We'll have a much broader preview when opening day comes along. Something that... Uh, quite a strange thing to be saying in uh, February. We have college football going on right now. Yeah, so- what the heck? <laughs> who who would have thought we'd be talking about college football in February? Some but- college Football action, man. Today, North Dakota State, the perennial FCS powerhouse, lost their first game since 2017. Their 39-game winning streak was snapped as they lost 38-14 to to Southern Illinois. Yeah, dude. Football is good news to me. Deion Sanders, he's in the oh. FCS now, coaching Jackson State. Maybe maybe that will get some of the views over there. But, uh, yeah, man, football in the spring, it's it's a weird year. It's a weird time, but, but man... We got we got football, so it's going to be good to watch. We do have football, and the FCS does their tournament the way that the um, FBS should do their tournament, which is they actually have a playoffs. Yeah, they do sixteen teams in their in their playoff, which is the way the FBS should do it. I hate this four team bowl games. Look, I get the bowl games have tradition, but you can fit the bowl games into the playoffs. I mean, just have one playoff game be the Rose Bowl. One playoff game be the Orange Bowl. Yeah, I don't know. I think that'd make things a little bit weird. But I, I think they could expand it to more than four teams. I'd be I'd be cool with doing either a ten or eleven game season and just doing a sixteen team playoff. That that makes sense. I think sixteen might be a little bit too big. I think eight might be a little bit more realistic, so they could still kind of get the bowl games in. But who knows, man? Yeah, and then some other weird news. This time not good news. Tiger Woods got in a really bad car crash this past week. Yeah, um, he had injuries to both of his legs. In one of his legs, he had to get surgery. He had to get rod, a, some screws, and a pin put into it. And I saw something that they had to do that so they didn't have to amputate his leg. That's scary stuff to hear. That crash was pretty gnarly. Yeah, it appears he has a, fib- a fibula and a tibia fracture. So basically, both bo- major bones in his leg are fractured. It's gonna be quite the miracle if he plays golf again. But honestly, he doesn't need to. If I were Tiger, it, it's so hard to say this to an athlete of Tiger Woods' stature because you know that he just is built different than us. If I were in Tiger Woods' head, I'd be like, look, man, I'm already... One of the greatest great- of all time. Yeah, I'm the greatest, if not... I'm either the second greatest or the greatest. It's either him or Jack Nicholas. So, I don't know. I feel like once going through an injury like this, you already ha- you're already one of the top two greatest golfers of all time. You're 45 years old. I feel like this is a good time. Just be like, okay, maybe this is someone saying something to me. Time oh. to retire maybe get a broadcasting job. I think this is going to be a tough way for his career to end, but I think this probably will will be the end. We wish him the best. Uh, we hope he's able to recover well. And, hey, maybe if we see him on the golf course, that would that'd be great to see. But, Prove us wrong, Tiger. Prove us all wrong. right, time to move on to the second, second and shorter section of the podcast. we got to get into our predictions for this week. Last week, just real quick, uh, me and you both went 4-1. and one. Uh, I missed on the Pacers versus Warriors. Yeah, your Warriors won. But I was right about the Mavericks versus Celtics, so I got that one right. And that's the one you missed. So, hey, we're coming into this week tied up. Let's see. Let's see how we can do this week. You want to start us off? The first uh, matchup we have is going to be an exciting one. The two best uh, teams, at least in either conference, two best teams Mm -hmm. in the NBA to some people, the Utah Jazz and the Philadelphia 76ers match up Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Should be an exciting one. Four all-stars in that game, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid. I am going to go here. You know, the Jazz, the Jazz have been slowing down a little bit. They're still obviously fine, 
they've been slowing down a little bit over the last 10 games. They're 26 and seven now. Um, I believe they were 23 and four. And so I think the 76ers get them in this one. They're on the road. And so I got the 76ers in this one. Okay, I'm going to have to disagree with you here. I think Donovan Mitchell's been playing out of his mind. I think Rudy Gobert is the perfect matchup to put on Joel Embiid, multiple time defensive player of the year. He's just all-star this year. He's he's so tough to get past, and Joel Embiid's really the centerpiece of that offense. So if they're able to shut him down, I think the, the Jazz are able to pull this one out. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's going to be a great game either way. For sure. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, second game we have on the schedule, we got Nets versus Rockets. We're going to see James Harden coming back to his old city, which will be which will be fun to see. This is happening Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. Uh, you got in this one. You know, it's fun just because James Harden's going back to Houston. Right. Um, it would be more fun, obviously, if there was more fans in the stands. Um, but this is more of just, like, the entertainment value of, like, uh, James Harden's back in Houston. Kind of reminds me of when Kevin Durant went back to OKC, even though we yeah. all knew who the superior team was. So I think the Nets probably blow him out of the water. Uh, they play a tribute video for James Harden. Everyone has a little bit of fun. So I got the Nets. Yeah, I don't think there's too much debate on this one. Hey, don't get me wrong. Christian Wood's been playing good this year. Mm-hmm. That Nets team That Nets team puts up points. Even without KD, I think they're just going to yeah. kill him. The, the Rockets were having a really good year um, before Christian Wood got hurt. Christian Wood is still injured um, with yeah. an ankle injury. John Wall is having a very good year, but there's just not enough firepower on that team. Yeah. Um, up next, we have some FCS football. North Dakota versus South Dakota. Not North Dakota State, North Dakota versus South Dakota, the Dakota rivalry. Who do you got, Rylan? You know, I think I'm going to have to go with North Dakota on this one. I just have a hunch. I just have a hunch they're going to be able to pull this one out over over the Dakota rival. Look, man, Mount Rushmore is in South Dakota. I've never visited Mount Rushmore, but according to National Treasure, there's a bunch of gold buried underneath. That is true. Nicholas Cage did show us that there's a bunch of gold. So because of that, I'm going with South Dakota. All right. All right. I like the reasoning behind that one. Uh, up next, we got another good game. We got my sons playing the Lakers Tuesday at 10 p.m. I'm taking the Suns, But I also think Lakers without Dennis Schroeder, Lakers without Anthony Davis. Suns have been playing great right now, fourth in the West, just a few games back from them. Yeah. I think they're able to take them. Yeah, I agree. Chris Paul is going to take a game against LeBron really personally. Um, and I think the Lakers, they need to get Anthony Davis back. They're just coasting. I think the Lakers probably end up getting a three seed and making the playoffs and then going on a finals run. So yeah. I got the Suns in this one as well. All right. Um, we move on to some college basketball. We got number three in the nation, Michigan. They're 18-1 and one this year. Against number five in the nation, Illinois, at 18-6. and six, Playing Tuesday at 7 Eastern. Who you got, Rylan? You know... I think I am going to have to go with Michigan on this one. Uh, we just saw them play great against uh, Iowa. They were able to take on Luka Garza and play great against him. They've played good against, I mean, everyone. They're 18-1. and one. I think this will be a really fun matchup to watch. I think this will be a good uh, March Madness preview. But I do think Illinois has been a little bit more vulnerable than Michigan this year with those five extra losses. So I think I am going to have to go with Michigan. But I think we could very well see an upset. Yeah, Illinois, um, I would have gone with Illinois just because I like upsets in college, but their star player, Ayo uh, Dasunmu, suffered a broken nose against Michigan State two days ago, and because of that, I think it's going to be tough for them to win, and they're probably, knowing that their star is out and knowing they're number five in the nation, um, going to just probably rest up for the tournament anyway. So um, I'm going to go with Michigan as well. Fair enough. And then the last one, we have the Maple Leafs versus the Oilers, and a little – and a little NHL matchup. 
Uh, who do you got? Who do you got in this one? I got two words for you, Connor McDavid. I don't know hardly any other players in the NHL, but I know Connor McDavid's saucy. So yeah. for that reason and that reason alone, because I like Connor McDavid, I'm gonna go with the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, well, I probably also would have gone with the Oilers, but I think we got to mix it up a little bit here. I'll take the Maple Leafs on this one and hope they can pull it out and hope that my record's better than you this week. Yep. I mean, it's going to be a great game for all you hockey fans. Uh, the Oilers and the Maple Leafs are the two best teams in the NHL right now. They're both playing great. They are both on top of the Western Conference standings, um, the Northern Division to be exact. They both have 28. Uh, the Oilers have 28 points. The Maple Leafs have 32 points. Both of them are considered Stanley Cup contenders. So um, it's going to be a great game. Uh, I'm, I might even check that out, man. Get some, get in some hockey, man. Get ready for yeah, that. for sure. Hey, at, at this point, it's anything I can do to watch sports. So everything's good. Even FCS football. Even FCS football. Hey, man. Deion Sanders. <laughs> prime time man for sure hey well everybody thank you guys for listening in thank you for joining us on the second episode of the podcast it's been a great day today uh kyle thanks for being here with me today it's been a fun time hell yeah bro uh thank you all for listening to the second episode of the wanna talk sports podcast we will be back next week with another edition um as you can expect and yeah i just want to wish everyone a good night and enjoy some sports this week have a good one